Your Money, Your Life, Controlled by You, podcast, with your hosts Ashley Goins and Jackie Hendricks. Are you tired of feeling like you're losing control? We will use our knowledge and our experience to help you gain confidence in your ability to create a secure financial future and live the life that you desire. Welcome to your Money, Your Life, Controlled by You podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Goins, with our co-host, Jackie Hendricks. Today, we're going to talk about whole life. What's the purpose of whole life? What does whole life do for you? And some of the differences in whole life and term that we've already covered. As we talk to clients, we hear them talk about, oh, I just want whole life. That's true. And when we talk about whole life, a lot of people think that it's the old style, the traditional style of life insurance. Correct. And the old style, it's a form of permanent life insurance and it covers the life of the insured. It is also referred to as a straight or traditional or ordinary life insurance. Now, what are some of the advantages of a whole life insurance policy? Well, you think about it, it it does exactly what it says. It does cover you your whole life. Most policies don't end until age 101, 121. It just depends on what the carrier specifics are for that type of policy. It's different from term in the respect, like she said, it's a whole lifespan basically is the term. The biggest difference between the term and the whole life is term tends to be less expensive. Whole life tends to be more expensive. You can design the policy so that you can pay for it your whole life or you can pay for it for a certain amount of time. It all depends on what the contract you have with the provider is. You brought up an interesting point. It is a term. One of the nice things about whole life is it is a fixed premium. So your premium is not going to fluctuate throughout the life of the policy. It has also a fixed rate of growth or cash value, which is nice. And it has a guaranteed death benefit. What are some other benefits you can share with us? The new style whole life, of course, has those riders that we've covered in previous episodes that are included at no additional cost in most cases. Not all cases, but most cases. Cash value accumulates from your deposits and your premiums over time. It'll eventually reach the death benefit amount of your policy. The cash value of the policy might be less than the face value of your insurance you bought or less than your total premiums you paid in. It takes time to build this up. And a portion of this goes to fees and paying for the insurance. Now, you had some interesting points about how really a whole life policy is really a term policy. Please explain that one. Well, that's true. But I want to revisit something that you just said about cash value. When you're making a premium payment, part of your money is going into a so to speak, savings account, that's what's building your cash value. And then the other part is paying your fees. Then there's another part that's actually paying for the insurance, which leads me to 
Yes, all insurance, and I'm going to go ahead and say all, is a term policy. I know people listening to us are thinking I'm cuckoo. And, but that's because of the way we're raised and the terminology we use. Look at it this way, folks. You know, the car dealers and the manufacturers use the same engines in different vehicles. They use the same chassis for different vehicles. That's all we're doing here. All the insurance industry is doing is using a different chassis or the same chassis in this case, excuse me, the same chassis and building upon that to create a different model, so to speak. When you get down to it, the terms are term, but we call it something different. So understand that by calling it something different, that's what we're going with. Yep. So the the whole life, that's the term of your whole life. Now, here's the funny part about it. Yes, your premiums, they stay level. But if if you're watching us and you're sitting here thinking, I'm I've completely lost my mind, going off the deep end, hang with me, grab your sheet of paper real quick. Because I want you to understand what I'm saying. If you're paying $100 a month and you've got a $50,000 life insurance policy, whole life. And let's say in 10 years, you've built up your cash value to $10,000. Picking random numbers here, okay? When you pass away, yes, you're only going to get $50,000. So really, that $50,000, you've put in $10,000. The insurance company's only paying $40,000 out. All you're getting is that fifty. dollars All right, let's go another 10 years. You've got $20,000 yet. Now the company's only giving you $30,000 worth of their insurance money, you've already paid in 20. So no matter how you look at it, it is a decreasing term because you are paying in and the insurance company is just meeting the difference between your face amount and what you've paid in. As you pay more in over the years, the insurance company amount they pay is decreasing over the time. A lot of people are like, no, that's not true. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Go ahead, take a loan out. Don't pay it back and see what happens to your face amount. So here's a good question. How do you get your money from it? We said with the term policy, you don't get any cash of accumulation. But with a whole life policy, you do. So there's three different ways we can get the money out of the policy. Number one is what they call surrendering a policy. And it's just like giving up, not paying anymore. And this is something we do not recommend. Do not do it. Do not pass go and do not collect $200 for sure. But anyways, the second way is you could take a loan. And with a loan, basically you're borrowing against the money you have in the policy. And you're going to have to pay back some of that 
money with interest. The third way is with the withdrawal, where you take a portion of your money out. Now, this is different from a loan. Um, and depending on the amount you take out, if you take out more than the premium you put in there and start delving into the policy itself, it might even be a taxable event. So you really need to look at what you need, how much you need, and what you can take out safely without triggering that taxable event. Hey, Jackie. Yes? I know a fourth way. You do? What is it? If you No, don't tell me. <laughs> what was that? When you pass away, that's the other way to get your money out, but you're not getting the benefit of the money. That is so true. Somebody else gets the benefit of the money. But if you end up using the withdrawal, the loan, it reduces the death benefit for your beneficiaries. So you need to be mindful of what you're taking out. Now, this is a policy I've seen a lot of people, like when we were babies, our parents bought a whole life policy on us. Now, let's say somebody's 20, 30 years down the road and they still have this whole life policy. There's two scenarios here. Either the policy is not paid up or it is. What would you suggest people do in this situation? Well, the first thing is going to be to review your policy and see what scenario you fall in. If it's a paid up policy and you don't ever have to make another payment on it, why would you want to get rid of it? You, you can cash it in. Do I suggest that? Absolutely not. In my professional opinion, I would say keep it, add to it, because you're going to need more coverage than what a juvenile policy offers. Then if you're in the other part of the scenario to where it's not a paid up policy, generally speaking, the premiums on a juvenile policy are so affordable that you can continue to make those payments and get it to where it pays up. Or you can do what us professionals call a 1099 exchange, take the cash value and put it in a larger policy. Something that will maybe grow to the levels that you would desire at that point in time. But it's about reviewing what you have and where you want to be and being honest with yourself. Now, also, one of the things that is very interesting about this is how you get paid on it. You get dividends. I'm going to have Ashley explain this because I like the way she explains this. So if you're receiving dividends on a whole life policy, it's not that the policy is making you money at the time. It's how much you've overpaid for that policy. And guess what? On those dividends, you get to pay taxes. Well, when you get the dividends, you also have some options. You can actually buy more life insurance, use it to pay your premiums. There, there's something very important that I think we need to bring up. Unlike on a term policy, if you don't make your premium payment, you no longer have a policy. Yeah, you've got that grace period there, mm -hmm. but after a while, there's nothing there. You've lost every penny that you've put in. You no longer have life insurance. On whole life, let's say you, you face a financial hardship. Well, guess what? You've got two things going on. 
if the carrier and the policy has a waiver of premium for a disability or whatever, then your premiums are going to be paid. Don't have to worry about it there. But the second thing that a lot of agents don't tell their clients is if you miss a payment due to a hardship and you don't let the company know what's going on, they start a loan for you automatically out of the cash value that you've already put into your policy. When you pass away and your beneficiary thinks they're getting a $50,000 policy, oops, nope, that loan was started for you. It's grown interest. And now you may only get, or your beneficiary may only get 40000 30000 depends on how much of a loan was created and how much interest is um, accrued on it. It's interesting that you say that because most policies only pay the debt benefit. So if you build up your cash value and it's accumulated over time, it doesn't matter how much money you've accumulated. If something should happen to you and you pass away, your beneficiary is only going to get that $50,000 that was the initial death benefit. So you need to just be aware of what kind of policy you have, what the provisions are, what the limits are, and what you can do within that policy to protect you and yours in the long run. But it's acquiring the knowledge to understand what you have. Because I've known a lot of people that have had whole life policies and they either let it lapse by not paying it and then they're drawing, like Ashley said, and then when it comes time to use it, there's no money left. Or I've even heard of some people who purchase these on their children then end up borrowing against them so that the kids have nothing when it comes to being able to use the policy for themselves. My biggest caution to everybody is when you get your policy documents, please, 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 please sit down, take the time and read them. Don't just say, oh, these are just my policy documents. Shove it in a drawer, put it in the file cabinet, whatever you do with your important documents. No, you need to understand the ins and outs If there's terminology in there that you don't understand, pick up the phone and ask your agent. If your agent doesn't tell you, you need a new agent. And that's the thing. It's about communications and you have to be able to communicate what you do know, what you don't know. Don't let somebody just gloss over it. Do your research. It's easy to Google these terms nowadays. It's right at our fingertips through safe money management and being smart with your finances. We've talked about term in in great depth. Yes. And, And the purposes of term. But we haven't really talked about the purposes of whole life, so to speak. In my opinion, and opinions are like rear ends, everybody's got one. Absolutely. Is... A whole life, it's a permanent policy, 100%. I agree with everybody on that. But if you're looking for permanent policy that keeps your premiums level, that you can take that term that we covered before and convert to a permanent policy, 
great option. But we have other options that we're going to go into in our future episodes of how you can have another type of permanent policy that generates a wealth that people don't always tell you about. Yes, it can be used to create generational wealth. It can be used to be your own bank. One thing that we need to address is whole life is not just for the older generation. Whole life can actually be wrote on a child as young as 14 days old. That is considered a juvenile whole life. Well, another nice thing about it, too, is we've talked about creating generational wealth or protecting our future generations. What is a better gift to give to a grandchild is a life insurance policy, because nowadays a lot of things are going on. Juvenile diabetes is on the rise. These are things that if we put a policy in place on our children, we can protect them that if something unforeseen does happen like that, they are going to be able to be protected and they are also going to be able to have a continuous life insurance policy. I think we also need to let our viewers know how premiums are determined on a whole life policy. They look at your age. Are you a smoker? Are you a non-smoker? Mm-hmm. What's your occupation? Oh. Do you Height and weight? Any, do you have any hazardous hobbies? Do you participate in some risky things? Whether it's smoking, drinking, other recreational drugs, as they're called nowadays. <laughs> On a lot of applications now, we see... Are your mother and your father still alive? At what age did they pass if they're not? And what was the cause of death? You know, they really do look at your family history. We only think doctor's office asks that. No, the insurance company asks it as well. On our next episode, we're going to talk about the next permanent policy that is more geared towards the older generation or somebody that might have health issues that others don't. Mm -hmm. And it is final expense. And it's not to be confused with funeral preparation, but it is a different policy altogether. And we'll go into more details about that. So join us next week when we go over final expense. We want to thank you again for joining us and listening to us and invite you to our Facebook group. I am extra close to the camera because I want to make sure you hear me real good. It's www.ymylpodcast.com. Be sure and join us next week. And again, thank you for liking, subscribing, and joining us each week to learn how your money and your life is controlled by you.